You guys have a good day today? I know I did. I uh, took my vacation day today. The way I've been working here lately, uh, you just never know. There's been a lot of last-minute things come up. And last Wednesday, I had my heart so set on being here for the worship night. And I end up working till 630. I'm working over there in uh, around Baytown. And I couldn't get here in time. So I was a little nervous about being here on time tonight. So I fixed them. I went ahead and took me a whole day off <laughs> to guarantee that I would be here on time. I know the last time that I ministered to you guys, uh, I think I got here right at the end of the announcements. <laughs> and trust me, I think Pastor Elton was, uh, <laughs> he was real happy to see me. Because <laughs> he had very, very little uh, time to uh, prepare. But uh, just so we get that out of the way, I made sure that I was here tonight. Because I feel that I have a word from God for you tonight. Um, it's, a, it's a word, once again, it's a word that I've ministered before. Uh, and I kind of wrestled with it tonight. I wanted to minister something else. But I really feel that this is what God has for me, for his people. We're here not to build up our names, nor to build up our ministries, but we are here to care for the people of God. And we want to make sure that what we teach to the people of God is what they need. It's what they need. It's a word that they can take and apply to their lives and, and, and have victory, and have victory. And tonight I want to talk to you guys about strongholds and how strongholds affect us and how you and I can overcome strongholds and keep them out of our lives. Anybody want to know any, a little bit about strongholds? All right. All right. Good. Before we start, we want to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord God, for this wonderful day. I thank you, Lord God, for the word that you've placed in my heart. Father, I ask tonight, Lord God, that this word would find good ground. Father, that it would be sown in their hearts and in their spirits, Father. That this word would produce spiritual strength, Lord God. It would produce spiritual knowledge, Lord God. That the people of God would be taught the very truth that is found in God's word. And by that truth, Lord God, it would release liberty over the children of God. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord God, for it is rich and powerful and so good to the soul. We thank you for it. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you praise. Amen and praise God. I don't want to rush. I want to take my time tonight. I had a great day today, guys. I'll be honest with you. I stayed in my room for the majority of the, of the day and uh, just listening uh, uh, to the uh, television. Uh, I have a Dish Network, and there's a few gospel stations on there, and just going back and forth from different stations. I had a great and awesome time in, in God's presence today, and I was telling my wife uh, a few minutes ago that I had an encounter with God and I felt the presence of God like I hadn't felt it in a long time. It was an, like an overcoming presence of God. Like God was just about to over. I've, I've had that encounter once before. But today, it, 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 it shook me. It shook me and I just wept in the presence of God. Because I really feel that God is about to change some things. Not only in my life, but also in the lives of his people. He's about to do a strong and a powerful work in the body of Christ. And I feel that in, in my spirit, I feel that the days of the apostles are here. And what I mean by that is when you read the book of Acts, you remember and you recall the power that the apostles walked in, that authority that the apostles walked in because of the relationship that they had with Jesus Christ. They walked in such power that the church was established. The church would not have been as strong 
as it was if it had not been for the demonstration of power that God demonstrated through his apostles. In order for the church to be at its maximum potential, that power has to be released back into the hands of the men and women of God so that we can continue to establish the kingdom of God. This is about establishing the kingdom of God. This is about taking territory for the kingdom of God. And hold on to your socks, people of God, because we are about to take more territory for the kingdom of God. I seek deliverance on its way. People are being set free by the thousands under the power of God because this is what God wants to do, and this is the time that he wants to do it. There are certain times uh, throughout history that God moved sovereignly. Because of his time clock, certain things had to be done in order for him, for, in order for us to reach the place that God had for us to reach. And it is about time that God is about to move sovereignly for his people. Now, what I want to encourage you is don't get carnal in your thinking, stay spiritual. Keep your focus on God and on what God is wanting to do so that we don't squander the things that God lay in our hands, okay? Because we can get real carnal and we can take the very blessings of God and use them for the wrong things. But as mature men in God, we need to walk with spiritual minds set upon him, our focus on him, and not on the things of this world. Because I'm going to tell you guys something. There is a spirit of greed that has been loosed in this world that is causing the body of Christ not to do the things that we are ready to do. There's some men and women that are ready to go forward in God, but because the funds have been uh, mishandled, they're not able to go where they should be going. But it's you and I, we have responsibility to the kingdom of God. Now, this has nothing to do with my message, but I feel like flowing in the Holy Ghost right now, and I'm going to flow. These are things that you and I have been left the responsibility as men and women of God to get done for the kingdom of God. There's a lot of things, there's a lot of business, and I'm going to tell you something. Like I said, I had a beautiful day today because I stopped being busy. Just stop it for some time, you know, just shut, shut it down, turn it off. Get into your secret place and spend some time with God and watch him shift you. He'll change your mindset. And get your focus tapped back in on him and not what is going on in the world. You know, remember, he said in his word, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all this other stuff. These little bitty things will be added unto you. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now, I want you guys to think with me for a minute about the lost souls that is in the world. The souls, the lost souls that you and I work with. Think about those people for just a minute. Think about the times that we had a chance to share the word of God with those people and we didn't. Simply because we're occupied with other things. My heart is being poured out right now because I'm guilty myself. I'm just being honest with you. Being honest with you. But like I said, when you get along with God and spend some time with him, he'll begin to show you some things He'll reveal some things to you that you should be doing that you're not doing. See, God gives us a heart for people. We have a heart for the lost. It bleeds for the lost because those people need salvation just like you and I. A lot of people walk around and don't have the knowledge 
and the understanding about the things of God that you have. The true riches. True riches. These riches have blessed your life. It's because of the revelation that you received from these true riches is the reason why you are so successful now. Not by anything that you did with your hand, but it is by the revelation of God, who he is and what he does in the lives of the believers. Is the reason why you are so successful. Is the reason why you have favor. These people don't have that understanding. I was once one of those people. Didn't have that understanding. Didn't have that revelation. But thank God there were some men and women out there. And like I said, I work in a real hostile environment. The construction world is a real hostile environment. But there was a few mighty men that wasn't looking for a pat on the back nor a praise. But they stood up and they began to proclaim the word of the Lord to those that had an ear. And because of those seeds, hallelujah, I'm here today. You're here today. So people, let's get our focus on God. Let's grow up and be mature men and women of God. Let's fill the house of God when it's time to pray. Let's fill the house of God when it's time to go out and minister to the people. Let's do the work we've been called and commissioned to do. Amen? Amen. Now we want to talk about some strongholds. In case you didn't know, all believers are at war. We're at war. There's a spiritual war that is going on 24-7, 365 days a year, and it never, ever stops. And our war is against Satan and his kingdom. 24-7, we are at war. And Satan and his forces, which he dispatches and assigns to perpetuate wickedness throughout the world, the Scripture says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I'm here to tell you that you and I are not at war against one another. We're not fighting flesh and blood. But we're fighting Satan and his armies. Let's get it straight. There's too much fighting going on in the body of Christ between one another. My fight is not with you, sister, nor with you, brother. We fight against principalities. We must see that. My fight is not with the unsaved gentleman that's out there on my job site, that's cussing like a sailor, that doesn't have respect. My fight is not with him. My brother doesn't even know what's controlling him. It's not with him. You and I, as men and women of God, when we see that, we need to recognize that, that it's not against him. He needs my help. If anything, he needs my help more than anyone in here. She needs my help. But it's not between you and I. It is against principalities, against powers, against rulers of this dark age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. We are well aware of the evil characteristics of Satan that he came to kill, steal, and destroy. But beyond his routine harassments, temptations, are hit and run attacks, the devil's forces seek territory to establish long-term strongholds in which they may dominate and hold captive. He seeks territory. He seeks lives, places where he can set up that he may have control. That's what the enemy is after. He is after control. Satanic forces search for people, cities, and nations in which they are 
not resisted and where they may flourish. See, he's searching for some place where there's no resistance. There's no fight. Where there's easy access, where he can come on in. Now, the reason why there's no fight is because there's no knowledge, as I told you before. People really don't know. You know, they believe in heaven, but you could ask a lot of people today. They don't believe in a hell. They don't believe in a devil. They don't believe in, in, in demonic activity. These are things that they do not believe in, but it is real. Just as there are angelic hosts, there are demonic forces. They are real. But they seek territory. They seek lives. They seek cities where, can, where they can uh, uh, establish strongholds. Now, I'll give you an example. You can look at uh, Las Vegas. Um, some of the strongholds that they have is sexual immorality, um, gambling, and greed. Unfortunately, if you came to this area, one of the strongholds that has been here for ages is uh, racial discrimination and prejudice. That is something that, you know, this area is just known for. It is a stronghold. You and I need to recognize it as what it is. And we need to fight against that. Okay? Now, tonight, it, it, it's, it, it really shows where you and I, as people, have really matured and grown in God because we are here uh, uh, no matter what background we came from, no matter what color we are, we are here for one purpose, and that is to glorify God. There are many places in this area, unfortunately, that hadn't gotten to that place yet, and we pray for them. We pray for them because we hope that there is racial equality in this area throughout for all mankind, that we can all come together in, in, in unity with love, genuine love for one another. Strongholds could be actual demon possession, but merely can be strong a strong influence or grip, persistent oppression, obsessions, hindrances, or harassment. Once again, a stronghold can be demon possession. But it can just be merely a strong influence. A strong demonic influence. It can be uh, an obsession. See, we don't see these things as being demonic uh, um, activity because we have somehow brought it to a more of an intellectual thing. But they are spiritual and dynamic influences. Obsessions. Obsessions with food. There are some people that have obsessions for food that it, it, it really destroys their health. Can't stop eating. Or they won't eat at all. There are obsessions for things. People just want more, want more, want more. Obsessions can be demonically influenced. Demonic activity. You got to recognize that. Because I'm going to point out later, I want to get ahead of myself. I'm going to read on a little bit more. Now, what I want to stress to you guys tonight is that a believer cannot be demon-possessed. Child of God, a saved child of God cannot be demon-possessed simply because the Holy Spirit dwells there. You cannot be a child of God, a born, saved child of God and be demon-possessed. But unfortunately, unfortunately, you can have strongholds. You can deal with strongholds. A lot of our strongholds are right up here. Right in your mind. You doubt the word of God. And you see, this, I'm going to tell you something about that, though. It's not so much that we doubt what the word of God says about God. We doubt what the word of God says about us. 
I don't have a problem believing anything that God says about himself because I know that he is bad. But sometimes we struggle with what God says about us and who we are. It's a stronghold. If you don't deal with that stronghold, that stronghold could limit you if you allow it. See, the Word of God says that it is impossible to please God without faith. Faith is believing. Believing in what God says about himself and what God says about you. If you do not have faith in what God says about yourself, you will never, ever walk in that spiritual truth because you don't believe it. As I said before, a a revelation, you and I live by the revelation that we receive, the truth that we receive about God's word. Now, if God says something about you and that and you do not believe in it, then that revelation, you cut off that revelation in your life. You cut off that spiritual power that has been released for you to have. You cut that off and you limit your own self because of your unbelief. Now, I'm going to give you an example. You remember the time... That the person had a, um, it was a demon-possessed child, and the apostles could not cast out that demon. Jesus said the reason why they could not cast that demon out was simply because they lacked faith. Now, he had already told them that whatsoever they do in his name, it would be done if they had faith enough to believe it. But they didn't have enough faith to believe that in the name of Jesus, that they had the authority to use that name. They didn't have the faith in that. And because of it, that young person stayed demon-possessed until the master came. But that was a spiritual authority that had been given unto them from Jesus that they would have a spiritual weapon to use against the enemy, but because they didn't believe it, they didn't receive it. So you guys got to believe what God says about you, no matter of your shortcomings. We all have shortcomings. And if you say you don't, you're telling a tale. Tell you like my mama used to tell me, you're telling a tale, boy. We all have shortcomings, but God is not looking at your shortcomings. God is looking and interested on who you want to become, and do you believe in his word and what he said that he is able to do? You can go back and you can look throughout the whole word of God, and there were men and women throughout the word of God that had shortcomings. But because they believed in God, they were able to be victorious. That is the key. It's not about you and me because you and me can't do anything. Jesus said that without him, we can do nothing. But in him and through him, we can do all things. It is by his power and his might and through his shed blood that you and I do the work of God. Not by merit, not by anything that you and I have done that we have, we are so good in ourselves. No, no. Only by his grace that you and I can be effective in the kingdom of God. The devil's primary strategy is to disguise his activities so that it appears that someone or something else is the blame. He wants to disguise himself to make you and I believe that it is someone else that is causing or someone or something that is causing you and I to fail so that we don't recognize the truth. Let me read on a little bit more. 
He wants us to get our attention on his surrogates, on his instruments, in his hindrances, and wrestle with them so that our battle will be directed against the symptoms instead of the real source. See, we spend all day fighting one another when he's the problem. So we just keep fighting. We keep beating each other up, talking about each other, slandering each other, pulling each other down, and he's laughing. He's in the background laughing. I got them fooled. They're fighting one another. It's just what I wanted them to do. They don't even realize that I'm behind the whole thing. It's not your job that's keeping you down. Get that out of your mind. It's not your employer. You serve a God that has no limitations. Whatever you need, he's more than able to get it to you. But you're trapped. The devil's got your mind in believing that that job is the only way that you can get what you want. Or basically what he does, he has you fooled to believing that that job is your provider, basically. When your provider is God, wants to continue to keep you fighting the symptoms so that you don't get to the source. He's the source behind it all. He's the one behind it all. You got to see it. You got to see it. And you know, I, I, I know for a fact that you have read this before. You've heard this before. But you know, a lot of times we lose focus. And I'm telling you, man, I know it's him. He's the reason why I can't make it in this world. He's the reason why I can't get this promotion. It's her. Tricked once again when it's him. I'm having some problems with this thing now. Excuse me. Moving on. Remember when Peter resisted Jesus' decision to return to Jerusalem? Jesus did not rebuke Peter, <laughs> for Jesus turned to Peter and rebuked Satan. See, he knew that his fight wasn't with Peter. The fight was with Satan. He was the author behind the mess. Paul said, our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with spiritual adversaries. It is very important that we understand who our real enemy is. It is Satan and not our, and not our family, children, spouse, employer, nor government. The devil is the enemy. I had some more to run. I'm running out of time. I'm going to have to speed up a little bit. All believers have authority over the devil. All Christians must be aware that God has equipped them to overcome Satan's power. The Apostle Paul said that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or of fleshly or earthly nature, but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. To the pulling down of strongholds. Let's turn there right quick to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. I'm going to start in verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is Fulfill anything that you receive or the devil tries to release in your thought mechanism that does not agree with the word of God, you need to reject that. You need to pull them, those thoughts down, cast them out, give no thought to them. See, the things that you and I play over and over and over in our mind, they become 
seed sown in our heart because we pay too much attention to them. Anything that you give attention to has the capability of being sown in your, in your heart. You need to learn how to cast those things down, pull them out, and get the Word of God in there so that you'll know that this does not line up with the Word of God. So it is not of God, and I do not need to have that in my mind. Soon as it enters your mind, you need to hit the eject button. This does not belong here. This does not belong here. Because I'm telling you, if you give it some thought, time after time after time, you'll start believing in it. It may have been something negative that was said to you by someone, someone that you love dearly. If that does not line up with the Word of God, eject. Because of the damage that it has, the potential damage that it has on you. On you. Turn with me to Philippians 4 and 8. It reads, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things that are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good, of good report, if there is any virtue and, in, and if there is any, if it is praiseworthy, meditate on these things. God just told you what not, to, what not to listen to, what not to accept, and then he told you what to accept. He's educating you, okay? That's why the Word of God is so good, because it educates you. It gives us knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. So he's educating you. Do not listen to this, but listen to this. If it, uh, if it builds you up, if it edifies you, accept it. Let it into your heart. So that it would build self-confidence. You need some confidence. That, that's one thing I notice in the body of Christ. We don't have confidence. Not co so much confidence in ourselves, but confidence in Christ. But you do also have to have some type of confidence in yourself. Now, I'm not saying walk around here puffed up and arrogant. But you have to have some kind of confidence in yourself. Have confidence in the, in the gifts that God has given you. Be confident about those things. These are things that God has given to you that your life would be blessed. He gave you those, those gifts. Have some confidence in them. Jesus has given his followers, all those who know Jesus personally, as their Lord and Savior, the authority to use his name to expel the forces of evil. To all believers, Jesus said, in my name, they will cast out demons. The name of Jesus is a powerful weapon. Now, I want to talk to you right now about the weapons that you have that you will be able to fight off the enemy and also how to keep these strongholds out of your life. Number one is authority. Every believer has the right to use the authority of Jesus' name to bind and to take authority over Satan's activity. Exercising authority in the name of Jesus will expel the devil's influence. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues because... He is the ruler and king of all. That's why the name of Jesus is so powerful. Because he is the ruler and king of everything. And he has given you the power of attorney to use his name. And when you and I use the name of Jesus according to Scripture... 
Now, there's a proper way to do this. According to Scripture, when we use the word, I mean, the name of Jesus, according to Scripture, we get results. Demons flee. Healing is, 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 is realized. Deliverance. When we use it properly. But every born-again Christian has the right to use the name of Jesus in authority. Every last one of you. You don't have to be born again for 15, 20 years to be able to use the name of Jesus Christ. As soon as you become a child of God, you have that right and you have that authority at hand. Number two, intercession. Come together with other believers to pray and intercede against strongholds until you get results. There is, there is an intensified power in the gathering of more believers. Prayer with fasting also intensifies faith and faith will, and faith will break strongholds intercession coming together as a group when you and I come together as a group it intensifies the power the anointing of God to 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 establish a territory and to reach the very goal and and, and get our prayers answered we need to come together we need to learn how to come together on Saturday night I think Pastor Small and them have a prayer every Saturday night here in the sanctuary. We need to be participant as a church. We really do. But intercession is a powerful weapon that you and I have against the enemy. Where God says that one can put a thousand, two can put. See the spiritual dynamic? Now, your adding and my adding is not the same as God. <laughs> it's not. Because one and one is two in my book. But not in his. Not in his. And thank God we're not doing this by mine. <laughs> we're doing it by his. And see, that's some things we got to understand. There are spiritual dynamics that are in God that you and I may not understand at all. But by God, it works. And thanks be unto God that it works. Displacement. Establish the presence of God. Where Satan has commanded, where Satan has been commanded to leave, fill it with God's presence. You know, when you and I, we have the authority, if we use it right, to bind and lose. But when you bind the enemy, you must loose the Holy Spirit in its place. See, we got to understand that, okay, we bound him. I mean, we bound him. We casted him out. But now we have to fill that void back with the Spirit of God. Amen. Jesus said that the Spirit goes out looking for a place to rest. And if he finds no other, he returns from the place that he just left. And not only does he return, but he brings seven of his friends with him. Because they didn't fill the house with the Spirit of God. Fill your spirit with the Spirit of God. Don't leave yourself open for the enemy to come back and wreak havoc on you. You got to be pouring and saturating yourself in the very presence, in the things of God. So that's one thing about a good encounter with God. Boy, it refresh you. It'll refresh you, man. It, it, against your, it against your senses. You get real sensitive to things. Get you back on your job. Get you back on your A game. Because trust me, the enemy wants to wear you down. That's one of the weapons he uses. He wants to beat you down, wear you down. He knows he can't stop him. Okay, man, I see they got a relationship with him. If I can't pull him away from God, maybe I can beat him down enough to where he doesn't reach his goal. So I'm going to wear him out every way that I can. And if you and I are not refreshing ourselves, we're going to get wore out. 
if we're not in the presence of God, if we're not praying, if we're not reading the word of God, if we're not getting spiritual strength, it will wear you down. I don't care how strong you are today. If you hadn't been refreshed within a month or so, buddy, you will get wore out. And that's just what the enemy wants. You have to stay strong. Stay filled. Stay filled. His cup never runs dry. He didn't put a limitation on, okay, well, I'm only going to give Dino this much. This is what I have for him his whole entire life. Man, I would have been ran, ran out a long time ago. No limits. Go back and get refreshed. I think you know, sometimes pride keeps us from going back. I'm not as strong as what I need. No, wait a minute. It's not all that. Go get refreshed. Get back into your secret place. Spend a little more time with him. Satan doesn't want to hang around where people are lifting up Jesus in worship and singing nor in prayer. So that's the problem he had in heaven. Everybody was glorifying God. He wanted to praise. He hadn't changed. We're here praising God, glorifying Jesus Christ. He ain't in here. (laughs) He ain't hanging around here. But trust me, if you're not worshiping God outside of this building, he'll be there. He'll show up. But I dare you to go to praising God in your house, in your automobile, and everywhere else you go. And I mean more than just in, 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 with, with, with your voices, with your life. Be bold. Be bold for God. Take a stand for God. If you find yourself by yourself, you're doing good. Trust me. But if you're trying to, 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 to be miss, most popular, Mr. Famous with everybody, trust me. Trust me on this. You have, you, you have just watered down or you have just allowed yourself to, to man, there's a word I'm looking for right now. Um, right on the tip of my tongue. A lot of times I say things in my mind before they come out of my mouth and I forget what I'm about to say. My mind goes like that. But, and this is what I want to say. If we are trying to please everyone, we compromise. You compromise. No, I'm not going to be Mr. Strong Christian today. I'm going to back, I'm going to slow that thing down. I'm going to quiet that down because I know when I do that, I irritate him. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to compromise my belief, my walk with God right now and who he's created me to be just so that I can win this brother over. You keep compromising. You'll be going home with that brother. Or you'll be going other places that you shouldn't be going with that brother. Be who God created you to be. Love that brother. And I can guarantee you, you'll win him over with your love than what you would if you would compromise. Because I'm telling you, I'll I'll hear it in the background. Those that compromise, they talk about them anyway. Don't compromise yourself. Be strong in God. And trust me, that person will come around and loving you. If he doesn't come around and loving you, well, God will send somebody else that can help him. But don't compromise yourself. Resistance. Submit yourself and draw close to God. Satan runs from submitted, yielded Christians. Submit yourself unto God at all times. When you and I submit to the word of God in every situation, the enemy has to flee. Word of God gives us that promise. Submit yourself to God. Don't give him any place. Don't give him any opportunity to have activity in your life, and he has to flee. He has to go. Occupation. Give no place to the devil. With Satan Satan departed, fill the void with God. Let righteousness be the standard rule and behavior. Provide no pocket of rebellion, corruption, or immorality in which Satan can find refuge to rebuild his influence or strength. 
give him no place in your life to operate. Cancel it out. Tell you where we where we do we we mostly fall down, and that is in our conversation. Conversation is something that you and I compromise in a lot, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I I I hear it a lot. Unfortunately, I have participated in it, and I've stepped away. But that's in gossip. Watch gossip; it'll get you. It'll get you. Fortification. Clothe yourself with God's armor. Take upon you daily the full array of God's spiritual equipment that you may maintain battle-ready status. With the shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit, and the other links of armor, you will be ready to resist any satanic onslaught and will be ready to engage the strongholds in others as well. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Put on the whole armor of God. See, guys, we need the sword of the Spirit. You need the Word of God so that you can defeat the enemy. Jesus gave us the perfect example when Satan tempted him after he had come off of his 40-day fast. He defeated Satan with the Word of God, nothing else. He didn't say what his mom told him. He didn't say what Uncle Luke taught him. He gave the Word of God. And when he gave the Word of God, he was victorious. He was showing you and I a principle. That's a principle that you and I can use. We can walk in, stand in, and we will have the same result. Defeat the enemy with the Word of God. Faith. When he says that you are not going to ever amount to anything, I am more than a conqueror. You're never going to do nothing. I can do all things. The Word of God. Faith. Last but not least, obedience. Obedience to God's Word, will, and the Holy Spirit liberates us to enjoy the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Being obedient to God liberates you and I from the stronghold of the enemy. You remember King Saul? Remember his problem? Just couldn't be obedient. Had to have things his way. Had to do things his way. God gave him direct instructions, precise instructions on what to do, and he disobeyed every last one of them. And because of it, he lost the kingdom. When you and I deliberately disobey God, we lose. We lose. Don't think that you can go against God and not suffer the consequences. Because there's consequences to sin. It brings about spiritual death. So be obedient. Because there are blessings in obedience. You can go to the 28th uh, chapter of uh, Deuteronomy. You can read about all the wonderful blessings that God wants to bestow upon those that are obedient. Those are promises, and like, like, like Brother Ronnie said earlier, those are promises that God, when he says, I will, he means he will. If you and I are faithful enough to be obedient to the word of God, he will. He will. Now, in closing, once again, you and I are in a war, an all-out war. Seven days a week, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. But you know what I love about God? That the war that you and I are in is lopsided. It's lopsided. You ever been in a game? You ever uh, uh, got into a sport where you knew that the game was already settled and won before you even played? 
I did. You know, I, I, we used to go to certain uh, areas where we knew, man, they're going to cheat us, man. We ain't going to win this game. Well, let me tell you something. With God on your side, you cannot lose. You can't lose. It's a setup. He's giving you the instructions. Now, I understand if you was in the game and, and you didn't understand the rules, you didn't know nothing about the rules, well, you're about to get whipped. But he told you the secret to your success is him. He will fight your battles if you stand firm on his word. He will take care of you if you're obedient. Gave you everything that you needed to win in abundance. In abundance, y'all. He didn't shortchange you. He gave it to you. Whatever you need, my brother, whatever you need, my sister, it's yours. But we have to use it. We have to use it. We have to believe that he has given it to us, and we have to believe that we are capable, capable of winning. You are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. You have been called out for such a time as this to do the work of the Lord. You are more than able. Now, with the blessings that you have just received from the word of God, I hope that you take this word and that you will share it with those that do not know. Those are not as informed and educated as you, because that is the only way you and I are going to reach the world is if we tell them. How will they know unless someone is sent? You are the sent ones. So, you know, a lot of times we look at the pastors just to be the sent. No, you are the sent ones. You've been sent out to do the work of God, and you are more than able and capable. Amen?